0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the big show. This is As Lutheran as It Gets, episode 52, As Lutheran as Hymnody Gets. And as always, we are your co host, (laughs) Pastor Christopher Gillespie. Today, we are drinking Costa Rica coffee. Very good. And I am pastor in good standing, Donovan Riley. So far. So far, so good. As noted in the introduction, then, we will spend the next four episodes in uh, the hymnal, looking at Lutheran hymns. So, today, then, we will be going to hymn number 562 in the Lutheran service book, or if you have that old blue joint, number 369 in the Lutheran hymnal, TLH, Mm -hmm. All Mankind Fell in Adam's Fall. Yeah. This hymn is a free translation in long meter of Lazarus Spengler's hymn Durch Adam's Fall ist ganz verderbt, which is in nine stanzas of eight lines. Spengler's hymn first appeared in the Geistliche Gesangbuchlein, Wittenberg, 1524. Julian rightly states, During the Reformation period, it attained a wide popularity as a didactic and confessional hymn of the evangelical faith. It is one of the most characteristic hymns of the time, conceived in the spirit of deep and earnest piety, eminently scriptural, and setting forth the Reformation teachings in concise and antithetical form, but is, however, too much like a system of theology in rhyme, (laughs) The English version is by Matthias Loy. It was included in the Ohio Lutheran Hymnal of 1880. And that is from the Handbook to the Lutheran Hymnal, compiled by W. G. Pollock, St. Louis, Missouri, published by Concordia, 1942.
1: Uh, Which is... Probably at least in our circles, the only resource that we've had for a long time to kind of yes. give us a background of a hymn. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think we talked about we talked about this uh, separately off the air, uh, but we're finding out that th- its work is not exactly original scholarship. So it was That's built. Correct. It was built on a lot of previous kind of assumptions, or mm-hmm. you know, the, the same thing that said that uh, uh, Luther wrote what Silent Night. You know, it was a children's hymns written by Lutheran. That's oh, right. Yeah, that was, that did float. Yeah, it did. You know, just somebody attached it and, and nobody questioned it. So, but um, maybe to put a little bit of uh, screws down on, on our publishing house, the resource that we're supposed to have, mm-hmm. uh, which is the handbook to the Lutheran Service book, uh, is still in progress. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not entirely their fault. It's just the result of finding out that most of the information in the Lutheran Service book, a great majority of it, is actually wrong as far as dates, names, who hymns are attributed to, Mm -hmm. um, what the original text was, et cetera, so. Right,
0: and this is a great point maybe to launch into the next four episodes on hymnody. I encountered this in my work with Luther, my graduate work studying Luther, that just as with what you just talked about, in the middle to late middle ages, there were texts assigned to Augustine that weren't written by Augustine, Mm There were uh, theological works, and hymns, and prayer books, and sermon books attributed to various theologians to give it authority and weight and gravity that they weren't compiled or written by that author hmm. and, or composer. Because yeah, it was how do I how do I give legitimacy to what I've just
1: written? Like, I know I'll just I'll just say I got it from uh, Bonaventure, and then later on we'll call, say it's like pseudo Dionysus and pseudo Augustine or whatever. Yes, exactly.
0: Right. And history, for those of you who don't know, history is not clean. <laughs> it's very, very dirty. And there are gaps everywhere. And it is, history writing and history research is as much a discipline as it is an art.
1: Hmm. So, uh, Johannes, or what is his name? Oh, Lazarus Spengler. Lazarus Spengler. Lazarus yes. Spengler, like uh, Egon, right? Yes. Who Who is this Spengler guy? What do you know about him?
0: What do I know about Lazarus Spengler? You asked me with my... Uh, dictionary of uh i know know something about (laughs) it good read it to me because my encyclopedia of lutheran history is on the other side of the room
1: okay so let's see he was born uh ninth of 21 children son of the clerk of the imperial court of justice in leipzig Mm -hmm. he went to went to university in leipzig 1494 1507 became the town clerk and then also the the in 1516 so it's that—that's mm. like the mayor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in 1518, Luther passed through uh, Nuremberg, where he was the was the uh, town clerk, and on his way to Augsburg, and they kind of hit it off. And 1519, he post- posted something, say that uh, what was it called here, the Schutzred that favored Luther. So then he became mm. a leader in the Reformation. He was included in the Bull of Excommunication from Leo in 1520 by Winning. name. Yeah, winning, yeah. So uh, he ignored the bull, of course, mm-hmm. as Luther did, um, and even sent a representative to, to the Diet of Worms as well, which I didn't even know that. Do you want to explain what a bull is, by the way, for those listening who don't understand what the bulla in Latin is? Bula?
0: Uh, it's actually a sack. <laughs> it's like a, a like an inflated stomach. Oh, was it? Yeah, bull of excommunication. The bulla isn't a bull as in an animal with horns, but rather... Uh, I think in Latin it's actually like a sack, like a balloon. Hmm. And yes. I can't remember specifically why they were called <laughs> the bulls,
1: but <laughs> somebody, uh, Google it and figure it out. Do, so, do producer stuff. So he, he, he actually went to Wittenberg in 1525 to visit with Luther and Melanchthon because he was turning, um, their, their Benedictine, um, monastery into, um, a gymnasium, a school, Latin school. Uh, yeah. Right. And so he wanted, uh, Melanchthon's opinion about this sort of thing. And then, uh, was actually part of the uh, negotiations at, at Augsburg in 1530. So, so important guy in the okay. history of uh, Lutheranism, at the center of it all, really. A papal bull is a type of public
0: decree, a letter, a patent, or a charter issued by the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church. It is named after the leaden seal called a bulla that was traditionally appended to the end in order to authenticate it. Okay. There you go.
1: Oh, that's right, because it would be wax with a, like a yes, uh, some, right. something attached to it, right?
0: Yes. And therefore, the original meaning was altered in time <laughs> to be a leaden seal and have nothing to do with an inflated sack. <laughs> so, it's not just English that have words that don't mean what they originally meant. No, just like the missa, right? Like, missa is translated as mass, which means sending out, but somehow was attached to the Lord's Supper, and we kind of lost the connection between missa and the sacrament hmm. over time. Oh, wow. Well. Again, language like history is messy. (laughs) So let's dive into this hymn, number 562, All Mankind Fell in Adam's Fall, if you have your Lutheran service book handy. All Mankind Fell in Adam's Fall. One common sin infects us all. From one to all the curse descends and over all God's wrath impends. And just keep in the back of your mind... (laughs) That the note is, this is, however, too much like a system of theology in rhyme,
1: according to the commentary. Yeah, this is clearly somebody uh, who discovered Romans, right? (laughs) Right, right. Let me teach you Romans 3 through 5 in a
0: hymn. Right. And for those who are listening, and if you do have your Lutheran service book, look in the lower right-hand corner, if you have not done this before. And not only do you have the meter, lm that means long meter, but rather it also has the scriptural references from which this is drawn. So therefore, you can actually use these hymns for a devotional study.
1: Sure, yeah, they can
0: Bible study lead into the scriptures from from the right. hymn. Yeah, and this is also why I would argue, my opinion, it's important that the sermon hymn set you up for the sermon in as much as the confessing of the creed precedes the sermon to give you a kind of sermonic resume this is what you should be listening for this is the christian faith mm. i would argue that the sermon hymn also should line up not only with the readings for the day but
1: also the the sermon itself uh, the practice of a sermon hymn is not the same as a hymn of the day necessarily Correct. i mean there are historic if you like hymn of the day mm-hmm. um, which maybe are just like at least the one that was appointed for the last 2 weeks both of those Really, just summarize the season of Epiphany. They weren't mm-hmm. necessarily as direct, uh, directly confessing the texts of the day, right? Yeah, not as direct as say the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptizer, mm-hmm. right? Or the circumcision of Jesus, the presentation. Yeah, so so the, sometimes the hymns are more generic if it's a hymn of the day. But you're you're mm-hmm. suggesting uh, the practice of a sermon hymn, which yes. I don't know. In my experience, sometimes the sermon hymn actually says the sermon better than I do later afterwards (laughs) 100% 100% and as I used to joke when I would do chapel at
0: the retirement home for my ladies if my sermon disagrees with the sermon hymn then someone's made a terrible mistake (laughs) and since you chose the hymn probably you (laughs) that would be me exactly I'm not saying that I'm smarter than Lazarus Spengler I'm not I'm saying that I definitely have to go back and review Lazarus Spengler (laughs)
1: Right. When I'm writing my hymn, then, well, and that's that's important. Um, I don't. It's not a doctrine, but it's certainly a practice um, that we have is that hymns are in continual. They're like in a continual review process, right? Um, yes. Generation after generation, they sing the hymn, but not just um, I don't know obligatory or like a robot, right? Mm-hmm. But they actually review and pastors review the hymn and say, "Can I sing this? You know, in good conscience? Does it confess yes. the faith? Yes. Uh, and only the it's a way of refining really the the church's song, only yep. the 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 uh the silver makes it to the top right as right. as these things go through that process. One would hope yeah, some things are retained probably for not so much doctrinal reasons but for sentimental ones well, there is a lot of dumpster diving too, let's be honest, <laughs> yeah, and I suppose you could go back and try to restore a hymn that really fell out of practice for good reason as well, right. Well, there's like historic precedent for singing this hymn. Well, okay. Right. Uh, Let's actually pay attention to what it says, because maybe that's why it was forgotten.
0: Right. And before we dive into the theology then of this first uh, stanza, I also want to give a shout out to our colleague, uh, Reverend Rick Stuckwish, Mm -hmm. and his blog, swordinhatblogspot.com, because he has done a great service, at least to me in my ministry, by actually listing uh, throughout the church year... For example, the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, which is coming up as we record this, not only the readings then from the one-year lectionary, but also the hymn of invocation, hymn of the day, offertory hymn, hymns for distribution, hymns of departure, alternative hymns. Mm-hmm. Suggested that, ones, of course. Right? Exactly, suggested. But um, it's, to me, as I said, it's a great service because I, as we've noted, I want to be not only faithful then to our confession, but also I want there to be continuity in the divine service yeah and uh, like i said i want the hymns to echo the scriptural readings i want the sermon then to be able to come in line with the scriptural readings the hymn the creed and so forth because as you and i both know this is
1: really how people learn <laughs> it's true and one of the other things uh from um uh, Rick Stuckwish, Pastor, uh, mm. that I've appreciated is uh, bringing to my attention the practice of Karen uh, Leader in German the core hymns. The yes, core, and that uh, this is something that we want to do. We want to have, you know, maybe I don't know, 30, 40, 50 hymns that we just mm. know, we know yes. by heart, yes, that we can That's call on in, in times of, of need. Mm-hmm. Um, at the death, you know, at the deathbed, mm-hmm. you know, if we yes. start singing "Abide with Me," they're going to know the hymn right god's own child god's own child well some of those are new um, yes. they've become core hymns, or they were core hymns in, in the german canon and they never made it in right. english For right example. yeah and i think this is
0: important again in my opinion this is important that every congregation do this yeah think
1: through it right? because
0: i know for for our congregation this has been fundamental to the sunday schools learning and catechesis mm-hmm. yeah? because in the summer times We don't do Sunday school proper. We do hymn sing, and we teach the catechism through hymns. And then the children sing those hymns for the prelude on Sundays. And as my daughter proved yesterday as she was acolyting, she sang God's Own Child from heart. She knew every word. She had memorized it. She didn't need the hymnal. And to your point, that for me as her father and pastor means when she needs a pastor, when she's in the hospital or she's in hospice and I'm gone... She can say to her pastor, "Pastor, this is the hymn that we're going to sing." Yeah, and this is why.
1: Well, and so Luther wrote catechism hymns, for example. Yes, but even in the catechism itself, he says, you know, like in the in the morning prayer, you know, after we mm-hmm. prayed, to go about your work uh, joyfully, singing a hymn. Yes, you know, and even well, Christ Himself, right? Um, right. On the night He was betrayed, they're going. They're going to Gethsemane. What are they doing on the way? <laughs> They're singing, singing hymns. hymns and spiritual songs. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And this is what it means too, then when we talk about the, the entire life of a Christian being liturgical,
1: mm, yeah,
0: that not only, well, depending on, on the setting you use, if you use the LSB, uh, we use divine service setting three every Sunday, the historic liturgy for continuity, catechesis, discipline equals freedom. Um, therefore everybody has it memorized. And so again, my kids are home from school today. It's a snow day they will just start singing parts of the liturgy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll sing the, the nunc dimittis, or they will sing uh, the gloria
1: or something. The snow's not that bad that you're going to depart in peace, is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I always enjoy turning around saying, this is the day the Lord has made when it's 20 below zero outside.
1: <laughs> it's yes, not... that, that's the paradox of the Christian right. life right there. We
0: chose to live here. It's not his fault. <laughs> Your ancestors did too. I, what, what's yes. the problem? Right. Uh, what were you thinking? So, about? To the stanza, then all mm-hmm. mankind fell in Adam's fall. One common sin infects us all. We call that original sin. From one to all, the curse descends, and over all, God's wrath impends. Mm. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, and I'm look, I'm looking at um, the chorale text from from Bach, actually. Yes, uh, which is. Yeah, this is unfortunate. I mean, Matthias Loy, we would consider you know a faithful Lutheran that translated yeah. this. It I does a, hymns, does yeah. the best he can. It is one of the challenges with hymns, though, uh, that are translated is yes. the the poetry. Well, it's like Hebrew poetry, right? Uh, right. The English, <laughs> if you yeah, know Hebrew, it, it just kind of yeah. falls flat. Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. There's just no way around that, you mm-hmm. know, because he says one common sin infects us all. Um, yeah, you know, and I don't. How would you translate the the same poison? um is inherited yeah. by us <laughs> yes you know mm-hmm. the, referring to it, the, sin is kind of this abstract word for us but poison and you know mm-hmm. inherited poison is uh right kind of a clever more clever way to say it the lutheran reformation definition of concupiscence or
0: original sin is to be curved in on ourself in se senseiust which translated into modern in a modern idiom would be selfish self-centered self-interested self-seeking and not in a, in a wholly psychoanalytical way, not psychological. But that all of what it means to be a human being, emphasis on being, is one of complete and utter self interest and self centeredness, mm. selfishness. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, the infection, the poison of sin is we are conceived selfishly and we are born selfish people, Psalm 51.
1: Yeah.
0: And therefore, just as we inherit it from adam original sin we also have to struggle with the fact that sin originates in us yeah we can't blame we can't blame adam for everything we well, can't it's,
1: say it's not my fault i didn't i i didn't ask for this yeah and it's kind of lost in the in the translation actually because it says that um um that the 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 serpent overcame eve and brought god's wrath upon herself mm you know, which, yeah. which is like God's wrath. And pens is kind of like this. Well, it's just kind of this impending doom. Yeah, exactly. But no, actually, it it was it was the sin of of Adam that brought this upon them, right? Yes, right. Mm. Stanza well. two.
0: Back to the hymn. Through all our powers, corruption creeps, and us in dreadful bondage keeps. In guilt, we draw our infant breath and reap its fruits of woe and death.
1: So so the fruit go. of sin is? Corruption. Mm-hmm. Creeping death. <laughs> Metal music.
0: Yeah, I had to give a shout out uh, to, uh-huh. to Metallica. Right? Shout out to Dave Mustaine. Uh, who can, he wrote that.
1: But uh, And us in dreadful bondage keeps. But that connection of, of drawing uh, uh, death as your first breath as an infant. Isn't that something? Yeah. Like,
0: it is. Uh, Seneca talks about this in his moral letters. I've talked about this before because I'm knee deep in them, have been for a while now, Um, that every day behind us is, uh, what does he say? That is assigned to death.
1: Hmm.
0: Meaning there is only the life that you are living in the present tense that is truly life. Therefore, every day behind you belongs to death, just as every day in front of you also belongs to death.
1: There is only today, which is a very biblical thing to say for a pagan philosopher. Well, because the philosopher, I mean, that's one of those questions that they have to try to answer. uh, Right, especially the Stoics. Because it's universal, right? Yes. It's inescapable. Everyone experiences it. Right. And it's it's on the horizon from, from birth, right? It's always there.
0: Well, it goes to the root, at least in philosophy, where were you before you were born? Nowhere, nothing. Well, what is yesterday then? Nowhere, nothing. What is tomorrow? Nowhere. Nothing. Before you, it's a lot of Roman headstones would have the statement, I was not, I was, and I am not. That would be the epitaph on their, on their headstones. It's very uh, startling, but also realistic. (laughs) Yes. And remember for the Stoics, their motto, so to speak, was remember that you will die. And... Also then, this is again in keeping with Psalm 51, that outside of the word of God, we have no life. Outside of Jesus, the word of God in the flesh, we have, there is no such thing as life outside of Jesus. And so even if you're walking around, walking, talking, breathing, this is why Jesus says to the religious leaders, woe to you Pharisees, which is a Hebraism for it it would have been better that you had never been born.
1: Leave the dead to bury their dead.
0: We've got that too. Yes, you're a walking dead. You're walking dead. Is what you are Hmm. and this is the thing jesus calls the dead sleepers and calls the living dead
1: (laughs) (laughs) which you know that's awkward for us because we don't uh, think of like infants before baptism it's like well you know they're living they're fine you know and Mm -hmm. and they're god's creature you're like okay that's true um but you still haven't actually answered the question what about death right apart from baptism we in
0: in guilt we draw our infant breath
1: And uh, yeah, we've talked about that at length, I think, on this show, Mm. about as parents, (laughs) the infants um, being mm, with sin, yeah. Interestingly enough, Psalm 51 is not listed then
0: in the lower right-hand corner. Romans 5, 1 Corinthians 15, Romans 3, and Genesis 3.
1: Well, you can't list every reference. I know, I'm just saying. Especially, you know, what we consider like a faithful hymn where it's drawing on the whole witness of Scripture, or, or as, uh, your, as the commentary said yes. from, from Lutheran hymnal uh, what that, it, that it's a systematic treatment or something like that it's too much like a system of theology and
0: rhyme <laughs> that's great <laughs> back to the hymn uh, stanza three from hearts depraved to evil prone flow thoughts and deeds of sin alone God's image lost the darkened soul seeks not Nor finds its heavenly goal. Hmm. I feel like this is I feel like I'm reading Shakespeare or Edgar Allan Poe. (laughs) It's it's a strange thing. We read books so often on this podcast to read a hymn, to read verse, it it's a different thing. It's like a Dr. Seuss book.
1: Well that I mean Edgar Allan Poe, it makes sense because you've got Loy being what nineteenth century, so that's that's probably that's probably what he was reading. Yeah. It would have been popular at that point. That's true.
0: But no, it's just a different experience to read something in verse versus just, quote-unquote, dry
1: theology. <laughs> well, And what's interesting here, I, don't, I didn't point this out earlier, but I didn't really realize it until just now. Um, Loy takes the, the German text and he paraphrases it. Yes. And he shortens it. You almost it, have to. Well, it, he does shorten it, but you almost have
0: to in English, like we talked about, because this is poetry. And just like humor... Poetry does not translate well, Mm -mm. if you just translate it literally. I've discovered this with um, Borges, He's a a Mexican poet, José Luis Borges. And when I read it in Spanish, it's beautiful. But to translate it for someone into English, one, that's a fault of me as a translator. But two, it doesn't translate well into English because you're dealing with euphemisms and colloquialisms and
1: ways of idioms that do not exist in other languages. Yeah. And gonna, so you do, you got to do your best. I'm going to link up the, the German text because I think, and it's got an yeah. English translation on it. it uh, it's worth mm-hmm. our listeners going and, and comparing the, you know, how how compressed this hymn is compared to the original poetry. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but also brings in its own, I- not its own ideas. I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly the scripture's ideas, but, um, you know, also goes in some different directions as well and departs from the original. Sure. So to yeah. call it a translation, I think is actually... Um, well how does it it's paraphrastic actually paraphrastic translation it says translation Matt Matthias Lloyd, but then it says ALT right alternate mm-hmm. so, so alternate. he's uh, he's not it's not alternate he's he's. Uh, uh, what do you want to say he's revising it or something like that yeah it's paraphrastic let's put it yeah. that way yeah there you go stanza four now the gospel but but Christ
0: the hmm. second Adam came to bear our sin and woe and shame to be our life Our light, our way, our only hope, our only stay. First Adam, stanza one. Second Mm -hmm. Adam, stanza four. Yeah, there you go. Law, gospel. Pretty straightforward. Which would explain why Spengler's hymn ended up in one of the first Reformation hymn books in Wittenberg. Right. And became kind of a standard hymn throughout the Reformation
1: period, so to speak. And it's, it is the hymn of the day appointed for some Sunday. I can't remember which now. In mm-hmm. yeah. Epiphany, so, I think, right? Is it? I think so. Maybe not. All right. Just, well, that <laughs> we're talking off the
0: cuff. I'll find there it. There we go. <laughs> I don't think that's any different than any other time. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's so straightforward. Christ, the second Adam, came to bear our sin and woe and shame. Right. To be our life, our light, our way, our only hope, our only stay. The is,
1: essentially. Christ alone. All mankind fell. Trinity 6. Trinity. Is it really? Like? Yeah. Trinity 6. There you go.
0: Stanza 5. As by one man all mankind fell, and born in sin was doomed to hell, so by one man... Who took our place we all were justified by grace so the substitute there you right? go substitutionary atonement as we like to call it in fancy dogmatic circles highfalutin language
1: so this was stanza three in the original just as another's guilt has brought us shame in adam so another's grace in christ has brought us reconciliation brought <laughs> all reconciliation actually And just as for me, through Adam's fall, everything perished eternally in death. So God, through Christ's death, has renewed what was ruined. Yeah. So you have substitutionary atonement and you have objective justification. All wrapped up together.
0: All wrapped up together. Four lines. Hmm. One man, all mankind fell. One man took our place. All were justified by grace. Beautiful. Unmerited, unearned favor of God. Stanza six, we thank you, Christ, new life is ours, new light, new hope, new strength, new powers. This grace, our every way attend until we reach our journey's end. And as we've talked about before, he does not mean grace in the sense of some sort of substance or enabling, empowering thing put on us by God. He means the pleasure the god is our heavenly father and we are his beloved children to quote the catechism Mm. that's what that's what grace is that we may know god as our heavenly father and we as his beloved children yeah it is the ironic blessing
1: and so he's drawing out what all the benefits of or what do you want to say the fruits of faith that's the right answer
0: right new hope new light new strength new powers new life regeneration and renewal in the Holy Spirit, Titus 3, or regeneration, renewal,
1: in Christ, through grace. And by new powers, he doesn't mean like superpowers, right? No, no. <laughs> I, would, I would translate that as strength. Yeah, new strength.
0: So we could probably, to launch this off, to talk about what is what makes a great hymn, mm. in the Lutheran sense, a good hymn
1: and a bad hymn. Yeah, well, the first thing uh, I would say is it confesses what the scripture says. I think you sure. referred to that earlier. At least for me, that's the most important.
0: It, it's certainly helpful in a Christian context.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and yes, there's a place for poetry, but not, we would say, what, poetic license <laughs> so much. Right. Right? It's like, nah, that doesn't mean you can depart from what the scripture says because it's poetry. Mm-hmm. Which I think some have done, Right. Where they take maybe yeah. an idea of uh, you know a poetic idea and then just go so like no crying the baby Jesus makes yeah well, it's a right. nice idea I suppose it's pious um, but not based on scripture actually right
0: all is quiet all is bright no <laughs> it wasn't calm it wasn't quiet it wasn't that bright
1: well and if by brightness you mean the morning star that dawned upon them yes okay there you know, sure that's good um, but that that isn't necessarily what's implied there no. and uh, this is what happens. Probably with hymnody, as becomes uh, what it builds upon past ideas, um, but the, mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, it gets lost. What gets lost is the real, original intent, right? Right. And then you're supposed yeah. to import your own meaning into this poetry,
0: right? It's done for the sake of the pious. Mm-hmm. It's done in piety. It's it has good intention behind it, good motivation, but poetic license is what it is, and the old Adam will run with it.
1: Well, and then there's the other aspect of this is that you can still quote scripture, uh, sure. even in a poetic way or poetry from scripture, ideas mm-hmm. from scripture about mountains and valleys being made high and low, or low and high, and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, but not use it in a way to confess Christ. Right, and this is the key point. Then is
0: as our friend, Pastor George Borgart, often points out, and there is a video you can go to YouTube. H- Higher things video shorts. I think he talks about this in one of those. Want we'll to track it down though? How to judge a hymn?
1: Oh yeah, okay.
0: But we'll link it. up. He must because that's I show it to confirmation every year. But to summarize, a great hymn confesses Christ for you for the forgiveness of sin. It preaches justification. What the a Bible great can hymn
1: teaches preaches?
0: Ah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, a good hymn is about Jesus, about his works. We would talk about this in the sense of like the gospel lesson on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. It tells you about Jesus and his works, but it's not for you. Still good, though. Still Mm -hmm. biblical. Mm -hmm. And then a bad hymn would be about Christians and their works or uh, generic Christian language, as like you said, right? It's pious language. But is it scriptural? Maybe. Maybe not. Is it confessing Christ? No. Such as, oh, I don't know, amazing grace. Uh, (laughs) Let's not talk about that. Right, I'll just mention, I'll just drop that and just keep on walking. But um, that what we're, we're listening for is a hymn that preaches. It preaches Christ.
1: Right, and Christ for you for the forgiveness of sins, which then uh, means that out of necessity, it's going to respond mm-hmm. to the um, real issue, if you like, the real uh, enemy or enemies the, of faith. Right, right. right. And so it's yeah, actually the first gonna, premise of the Lutheran Reformation. It's going to bring comfort to terrified sinners. we put it that mm-hmm. way. Um, and and in this hymn in particular, it seems to me that he's got in mind. Well, it's more clear in the original um, that we're talking about people who are terrified of dying. Right. Absolutely.
0: And yeah, it, you don't. Re- I mean, you get a hint of that in the first two stanzas, maybe three. Mm-hmm.
1: But to your point, you you don't. It's not as pointed. I mean, you have it in the fifth stanza. As, all, as one man, all mankind fell and born in sin was doomed to hell, right? Sure. So that's not just fear of death. That's fear of, of eternal punishment. Damnation, yeah. 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 And And so the, the idea um, by preaching in Christ, so by one man, Jesus, who took our place, we are all, we're all justified by grace. That's the answer. Right. 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 And then the sixth stanza becomes our Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we thank you. <laughs> yeah, All we exactly. can do is praise and thank you for, for everything that right. you've done, and, and yeah, and even that is a result of faith, the work of the Spirit mm-hmm. in us, which is implied, of course, but <laughs> it's but there. That's the point then of looking at Lutheran hymns
0: as Lutheran hymnody, as Lutheran hymnody as it can get. Jeez, um, that was a tongue twister. For mm-hmm. me. Yeah, but uh, is one it is catechetical? It teaches the Christian faith. Or before that, I'm sorry, let's take a step back. First, it's scriptural. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two, it teaches the faith. It's catechetical. Uh, Three, it preaches. Because if it's scriptural and catechetical, it should therefore preach.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Specifically Christ for you for the justification of the sinner. Right. And then, as you said, as a consequence of that, the fruit of that will be comfort and consolation for terrified consciences.
1: Yeah, and there's still some implication here. So like we were talking about with grace... You know, grace can be kind of a generic word that just means like God's. Oh, I don't know that he's he's kind of looks out for you, right, and gives yeah. you nice stuff uh, or a nice life. Um, whereas we would say it's more pointed than that. It's God's unmerited favor in Christ, forgiving sins, right? That's, yes, that's His gracious absolutely. favor. Uh, so also, you know, you can say, "Well, by one man, He took our place and we're justified by His grace." Well, how did He do that, right? So. Um, maybe the way you would use this hymn then is to think about that those kind of questions, you know, maybe the the, the how and the what and the why of yeah. uh, how does he actually justify you by grace? What's a, I mean, that's a what do you want to say? It's a cliche for Lutherans. <laughs> We're justified mm-hmm. freely as a gift, you know, by grace. Right. Well, what does that actually look like? Um, this is one man dying, hanging upon the cross, who overcomes death by by dying death, right? Mm-hmm yeah and expand upon that in your own uh, you know prayerful meditation upon the text no absolutely mm-hmm. it it
0: teaches it preaches it's good and it has its faults as you pointed out and we'll definitely link to the the full text yeah with the german alongside of it so that you can read german can compare in contrast and uh, draw this out for yourself and see how it has evolved and changed with different edit
1: editions and editors from Spengler to Loy. I would suggest, too, I mean, we talked about, um, you know, having a core set of hymns that is in your, uh, what do you want to say, repertoire. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, the hymns that yeah. you just know, and you know by mm. heart and you can draw upon. Right. Um, and But how do you do that, right? Well, mm-hmm. it actually re- requires you, not necessarily to sing them. I mean, you could read them, um, but you would want to read them out loud, Yes, um, you know, to, to hear the the way that the line flows, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but also, I mean, use them in your devotions. Use them as Luther mm-hmm. instructs in the Catechism, as said earlier. Um, actually, yeah. to pray these hymns, and and let and and you know, let the Spirit work through these right. meditations upon God's Word, and yeah. to lead you, you know, it back treat into like the Word, like you would treat a Psalm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, maybe <laughs> if you pray the Psalms, if you pray the Psalms, or sing the Psalms, or confess and chant the Psalms. Well, and maybe and maybe that's where this is coming from. I mean, these are spiritual songs, but mm-hmm. but that tradition is born out of out of psalms, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the the liturgical songs of the church are are actually a, an extension, if you like, of, of psalm singing, which is really the right, core. Th- those are the core hymns of the church, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they confess Christ through and through as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I like it. And but you can also do other things like listen. Um, I would suggest listening to the cantatas, which are, yeah, uh, right. are you know. Uh, maybe what 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 is bach considered like the a lot like isaiah kind of like the another evangelist right and the way that uh, he musically preaches yes in fact melvin unger i think it is
0: i always do this it's melvin unger who assembled the sacred cantatas bach's sacred cantatas into one volume with the original annotations from bach both mm. the biblical and the glosses and so you can actually see why Bach writes what he writes because it's essentially an interlinear commentary on the sacred cantatas yeah. by the composer himself,
1: right? And, and there's uh, Bach in Leipzig, a, a kind of a historical biography of just a few years of his life really talks about yeah. how he would sit in meditation with his pastors uh, on Monday before he composed mm-hmm. the cantata, and they would go yeah. through the text and they would, and, and that's what draws, you know, draws how he draws out um, his composition is is through meditation and prayer um, and with his pastors. Which is interesting too, two cantatas on right. this text that you can go listen to, eighteen and one hundred nine. So check them out. There we go. I link them up.
0: Yeah, it was. I think it was Melvin Unger because he was director of School
1: of Music in, in like New York or something. Yeah, so like that. a lot of ways to use hymns, um, yeah. to pray hymns. You talk about Sunday school, all good stuff. Absolutely, but
0: yeah, don't don't run away from it and don't treat it as a way to just stretch out the service on Sunday <laughs> morning or or fill it out. It's not. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I think continuity is key for both preaching and teaching.
1: And then, you know, as we've seen here in this, in this text, you know, it's a, it's a complete kind of narrative, right? One, mm-hmm. one through six. Yes. Um, uh, so maybe not skip a few stanzas here and there cause you're just running out of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe yes. not the best don't, practice. Yeah, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> best got, practice. I like that. Yeah. You've got time.
0: There we go. Exactly. You've got time because you have no time. <laughs> as we discussed. Yes. But nonetheless, I that's all I got for this episode. You got anything else to add? No, that's great. Absolutely. So next week, we will dive into another hymn uh, to be determined. Um, it has to be public domain. <laughs>
1: it does. Yeah, so we can link it up. All right. But uh, nonetheless,
0: uh, yeah, tune in. And if you, again, if you have recommendations for us of hymns you would like us to cover or you would like to know more about a certain hymn, its background, its history, how it came down and ended up in the Lutheran service book historically speaking not a Twilight Paris hymn please Uh, (laughs) you can figure that out for yourself but uh, shoot us an email and uh, as always if you deserve if you believe we deserve it leave us a five star review in iTunes Uh, we thank you as always and appreciate your support go check out the Higher Things website for all things good Uh, from Higher Things all the content go to YouTube and check out our video channel for all the different videos from Pastors Vandercook, Goodman, and Earhart, HD Video Shorts, uh, Pastor Buto's Catechism series, and we'll be back next week for a brand new episode. Thank you. We love you. Peace.